Pastor Dustin started a series called Church Unleashed. I love that title, Church Unleashed. And uh, honestly, to be really transparent, it was really convicting. It was, it was very challenging because how many of us know that the church is not a building, but it's a people, amen? You ever play that game? It's like, here's the church, here's the steeple, open the doors, and here's all the people. You know what I mean? Did you ever play that? Yeah, as a kid? I did. I, you know, I, I was, you know, I grew up in church, and we did weird things, so, so it's all right. Uh, but, but it's so true that the church is the people of God, and so in order for us to be a church unleashed, my question for us today And my question for you personally is, are you living a life unleashed? Are you living a life fully free? Or are there things that bound you down, leashing you down, restricting you, refraining you? And, and, and I can think honestly, we, we just got out of the craziest year ever in the history books, 2020. They'll be talking about this for years and years. But honestly, we can make our list of all the calamity and all the trials of things that happened this past year. And I think that there's so many of us that feel, man, the weight of the world on our shoulders that, man, honestly, I don't feel free or I don't feel unleashed to really do the purpose that God has for me. Or I I really don't have a purpose. I I feel purposeless or missionless. But I, I came to tell you that it's time for us to be a people that are unleashed because our world doesn't need a passive or complacent or a bored or silent church. It's time to get loud. It's time to get back in the game. It's time to make some noise. Church 1132, can we make some noise? Come on. I just want to make sure that I'm at the right church. Right. Yeah. Church unleashed. Being vocal about what God has done in our lives. But Honestly, I feel like with the trials and the tribulations, honestly, we've been tranquilized with comfort. We've been tranquilized with comfort in the fact that if I can just get to this place, I'll be comfortable. But God has never, ever calls us to be comfortable. He's called us to call out and do great and mighty things. So my question is, what stirs you? What, what gets you passionate? What, what, what gets you stirred up? Because I believe we have a consistent God that's faithful. But I think it's time that we have a consistent church that's faithful with God, what God has given us. It's game time. Somebody say, it's game time. It's game time. All right, let's open up our word. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 through 3. I, I love the word of God because it speaks to us today constantly. This is our let, this is God's letter to us, and it speaks to us. So let's read verse 12. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything. Somebody say everything. Everything means everything. Throw off everything that hinders. Other translation says weighs you down. Anything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Pause for a second. Isn't it interesting that sometimes sin no matter how big or how large, it just entangles you. It it trips you up. You want to go here, but you go here. And the weight of the world is on our shoulders, and it's, it's it's not feasible. And it says, and it continues to read, it says, and let us run with perseverance. The race marked out for us. Fix our eyes on Jesus. I love that. The pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. Anybody feel shameful? Anybody feel shame? Jesus took it. 
Anybody feel heavy? Jesus took it. And he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him. Consider Jesus. Maybe today we need to consider Jesus who endured such opposition from sinners so that you, you, you today, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. I, I love that passage. That, that just gets me encouraged the fact that I can have hope in the midst of weariness, in the midst of times where I've lost heart, if I can just fix my eyes on Jesus, I can have the strength to carry on. Ha, ha, have you felt weary? Have you felt just a loss of heart? I mean, I know we're two weeks into 2021 and already some of us are like, man, I want to cancel my subscription to 2021. This is crazy. Can I get a reset? But I, I think this is so key for us to be an unleashed church and an unleashed people because we have to fix our eyes on Jesus, but then throw off everything, everything that hinders us so we can run with perseverance and finish what God has started. You know, I remember uh, years ago, I made a bucket list, a bucket list right before I turned 30, right? It was way, way back, way back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna tell you how old I am. But, but, but years ago, I made a bucket list and I, for some reason, thought it was a great idea. My bucket list was to run the Dallas Marathon. Don't ask why. I just did. I was like, okay, maybe this is the year I'm going to do it. And so just to let you know, I'm not really a runner. Uh, I'm, I'm currently right now, I'm not a runner, you know, but I, I, maybe I ran a turkey trot a couple times or turkey on my head and that was great. You know, I'm like having a good time. Music's going. It's great. And I've uh, done those, done maybe a 5K or so, but, uh, but the, uh, the marathon's a real deal. You got to stretch before, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's the real deal. And uh, so I was like, well, maybe, maybe I should start training. You know, it might be a good idea. So I, uh, I surrounded myself with some people that are veterans. You know, they, 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 I was the youngest in the group of this running group. And uh, they, learned, they, they showed me how to, to, to run, how to breathe, how to have cadence when I'm running, and uh, just to have perseverance, right? And so I'm like, okay, I'm in good company. And so I remember the day of the race, right? And I don't know why, but they do it in December when it's cold. I don't like being cold. Anybody like being cold? No. So I have a jacket. I have my beanie. I have my gloves on. I had multiple Larrys because it's cold outside, right? Little did I know, right? And, you know, the Texas weather's crazy, right? You know, it's, it's one way in the morning and then it's another at night, you know, or, or uh, during the day. Anytime. It's always changing, right? So... I'm starting this run, and I'm hitting about mile 20. Now, with runners, they'll let you know that when you hit about mile 20, you hit a wall, right? And somehow, someway, your legs, if you're not trained, and I wasn't trained, right, your legs will give out, right? I didn't know this. And so I'm running uphill, and I'm sweating with my beanie, with my jacket, my, my layers, with my gloves. And I'm like, man, oh, my gosh, I'm sweating. And I couldn't make it, and I fell. My legs just gave out, poof, just like that. Fall down on the ground. I'm on my back. I'm like, well, this is it. I've done it. I've done as much as I can, you know, mile 20. That's it, you know. And, uh, and I'm like, well, help somebody, water, something. Everyone's passing me by. And I remember there was, a, there was an elderly individual that came up to me, and she was part of our group. She was like the veteran, right? And so uh, uh, she, she's a sweetheart. You know, she'd bake cookies for people, but, you know, healthy cookies, you know. So, but she would basically be like, hey, she, she told me, she's like, get up. Get up. She's like, she's not even sweating. I'm like, how are you doing this? You know what I mean? Like, she's like, come on, get up, get up. You've come too far to quit. You've come too far to quit. And then she's like, what are you wearing? 
what are you doing? I'm like, it's Nike. No, no, it's okay. Throw it off. I'm like, no, but no, throw it off. Throw off the jacket, the beanie, the gloves, the extra layers, everything, strip off and let's go. We gotta finish the race. We gotta finish what we've called to do. And uh, believe it or not, I finished the race. Thank God, yeah. <laughs> so uh, will I do it again? I don't know. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> I crossed the finish line. I'm like, this was the worst decision of my life. I was like, oh, man, never again. No, it's okay. I got the sticker. There you go. Uh, but uh, but I, I learned that I think for many of us, this was 2020, right? We've done everything we could in life. We gave everything we had. And we're on our back. Our legs are giving out. And I can barely breathe. And I'm like, help, I'm done. I'm tired. But as we read in Hebrews, it says that we are surrounded by great witnesses. We're surrounded by people that said, hey, I came to tell you this morning, do not give up. Don't give up. Don't lose hope. Let's finish what God has started. And start to think about the fact that I think many of us, really feel like what worked in one season of the day, my jacket and my beanie and everything, actually now hinders you in this current season. So actually for us, sometimes we have to throw off anything that hinders us, even if it worked in one season. It's a new day. It's a new season. What is God asking you to throw off and let go and trust him? Fix your eyes on the perfecter of our faith. That doesn't mean that we're perfect. I'm not perfect. Are you perfect? No, we're not. We're, none of us are perfect. But he is the perfecter of our faith. I think now more than ever, now more than ever, I think this is so relevant because the enemy comes to distract us, to discourage us and divide us. Does anybody feel divided? Now more than ever, the church needs to be the church, not to give heart, not to lose heart, not to be discouraged or distracted, but keep our focus on Jesus, our society is becoming more disjointed and divided rather than celebrating what we have in common. I believe our society emphasizes on what separates us. But in the midst of this, in the midst of all this, people are looking, people are looking for a place to belong. People are looking for a community that's life-giving. This is the place, and now more than ever, the church needs to be the church, a church Unleashed. You know, I, I, I've done a study of revivals and great awakenings throughout history. And majority of moves of God always and almost always start out in tribulations. They, talk, they, they start out in troubling times. And I can remember the church of Acts, the first church of Jesus Christ. It was surrounded by Roman oppression. If you can remember it, Roman oppression, persecution, trials, and hardships. And today we're going to look at a passage of scripture in the book of Acts. Not facts, right? Acts, right? I think sometimes we're so focused on facts that we need to actually act on it, right? You know, I, I tell the band this all the time. Less talk, more rock. You know what I mean? Like, you just got to get going. It's time for the church to get going. And honestly, I wish, honestly, I mean... Obviously, God's word is perfected. But I wish that at the end of Acts, it could be like, to be continued, right? Because we need to continue what God has started in the church, amen? And so we pick up in Acts chapter 5, verse 17. And to kind of give you some, some, some background of this story and what's happening at this time is that Peter and John, 
were common men, right? They were fishermen, but they were called to an extraordinary purpose. I think so many times we look at our lives and we're like, well, I'm not qualified, or I, I don't have the right pedigree, or I'm not in ministry, or I'm not this, or I'm not that. No, no, no. God is just looking for a yes. And their yes launched the church. Their yes changed everything. And it's interesting that in this chapter right here, that literally there was such expectation for God to move. Literally in towns, people would lay out the sick and the hurting on the streets. And it says in scripture that Peter's shadow would actually heal people. That's wild. That's in your Bible. That, that his shadow would literally heal people. There was such expectation and hunger for God to move. And I'm wondering, does the church of Jesus Christ have that hunger for God to move? Or are we complacent and comfortable? I think it's time for us to be hungry once again. Having an expectation. I believe your life will go only as high as the level of your expectation. I'll say that again. Your life will go only as high as the level of your expectation. And in this chapter, we see extreme generosity, people giving everything away. There was no needy people among them. They were so generous. There's something powerful when we're generous. And the gospel was being preached. And then we pick up in verse 17. It says this, Then the high priest and all of his associates who were members of the party of the Sadducees, were filled with jealousy. They arrested the apostles and they put them in the public jail. I want to pause for a second. It's interesting that in the midst of a move of God, God doing incredible things, there's opposition. I think the moment you say yes to the Lord and say, you know what, I'm going to step out in faith. Don't be surprised that there's opposition. But we say this a lot in our church. When there's great opposition, there's what? Great opportunity, right? Let's say that again. When there's great opposition, there's great Good, good, good. I just want to make sure you got it. But not just got it, but apply it, right? So when there's opposition in your life, that's a good sign that God is moving. That God is moving in your life. And it says this, but during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. Go. Somebody say go. Go. Stand in the temple courts. Wait, hold up. The angel said to go back to the place they got arrested. And this is actually their second time in jail. So this is like three times the charm. It says go back to the temple courts, he said, and tell the people all about this new life. I love that. New life. In the midst of opposition, they said yes. And the angel of the Lord said to go, which I believe that we need to be activated to go with what God has called us to do and what, where he's called us to be. To go, even if it's a place of pain. The temple courts is where they got beaten. The temple courts is where they got arrested. The temple courts could be the place that they could die. But they went in obedience by faith. Verse 21, it says, at daybreak, at daybreak, they entered the temple courts as they had been told and began to teach the people. Skip down to verse 42 and it says, day after day in the temple courts, the place where they got arrested, in the temple courts, and now from house to house, it's spreading. They never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news of Jesus the Messiah. I love that. I love that, that out of their obedience, out of their yes, they saw a miracle. They saw breakthrough. Yes, they saw opposition, but they had faith in the midst of all of it. And I love the word daybreak 
Because daybreak is the moment in the day where light pierces the darkness. Where light pierces the darkness. Your obedience, your yes, it can be a light that pierces the darkness in your life. And so what are you going to say yes to? What is God calling you to? I believe this is so key. Pastor Dustin said it already, but the currency of heaven is faith. The currency of heaven is faith. If you want a miracle in your life, I think it's time to have faith and step out on what God has called us to and have that expectation. I mean, it's like the old song. It's like a miracle can happen. Right For the Spirit of the Lord is here. It's not just a song, but it's, a, it's our life that we need to be so expectant for God to move. James 2, 17 says this, In the same way, faith by itself, if it's not accompanied by action, is dead. Basically simply saying, faith without works is dead. Is your faith dead? Does your faith have action? Or is it just words? And actually, I love the message because that translation and that, that, that translation just speaks a little bit louder to me personally. It says this, dear friends, do you think you'll get anywhere in this if you learn all the right words but never do anything? Man, I think so many times we're so focused on saying the wrong things and so focused on saying the right things instead of not doing something about it. And it says, does merely, does merely talking about your faith indicate that a person really has it? For instance, you come upon an old friend dressed in rags and half-starved and say, good morning, friend. Be clothed in Christ. Be filled with the Holy Spirit and walk off without providing so much as a coat or a cup of soup. Where does that get you? I love this right here. It says this. Isn't it obvious that God talk without God acts is outrageous nonsense. I love that. Isn't it obvious that God talk without God acts is outrageous nonsense? I think so many times does the church feel like, man, are we a church of action? Are you a church of action? Are you a people of God that has action in their life? What is God asking you to do? Because true faith always results in action. We have no idea. Do you know this? We have no idea what our God can set into motion with one single act of obedience. And let's make, it, let's make it personal. You, you have no idea what your yes can be. You have no idea that one simple yes can impact people's lives with one single act of obedience. I think about Jesus. His single act of obedience changed everything. I think about Moses. What if Moses said no? What would the history books say? What would Abraham say if he said no? I think about all these people that honestly were unqualified. Moses was a murderer. I think we can make all these excuses of like, well, I'm unqualified, or no, that's not me, or that's for the pastor, or those for the ministers. No, you don't know my past. No, God is saying, hey, I want to use you for great and mighty things. Can you just say yes to me and step out in faith and trust me? Trust me, because I love this quote. It says this, obedience is our responsibility. The outcome is God's responsibility. I'll say, this is super simple, but it's significant. I believe that obedience is our responsibility. The outcome is God's responsibility. I think many times we, we don't say yes because we look at the outcome. We're like, man, how, how can revival happen in America? No, no, not me. 
No, no, no. How, how can there be change in my school or my college? How can there be change in my workplace? How can my family? There's no way. No, here's the thing. It's our responsibility to say yes and trust God with the outcome. Because honestly, I believe God is looking for current day Moseses today. God is looking for somebody that will deliver. He's looking for somebody that will make a way where there seems to be no way. Yes, we are people of God that God has called us for great and mighty, great and mighty things. We are the vehicle God wants to unleash to do great and mighty things. And so today I want to give three actions that for us to be a church unleashed, a people unleashed, Three actions for us to do this. We are the vehicle God has chosen to, number one, unleash the power of the Holy Spirit. Unleash the power of the Holy Spirit. Pastor Dustin said this already. He says, an unleashed church will always be characterized by power. Will always be characterized by power. If you really think about the times where the Holy Spirit fell in power, there are people around, right? It, I don't think it, it's ever been a time or a moment where you read in scripture where the Holy Spirit fell like fire and there's like nobody in the room. Holy Spirit's like, wait, oh, wrong address, sorry. <laughs> like, okay, you know, no, never, right? The Holy Spirit uses you to be the vehicle to demonstrate his power. He wants to use you. He wants to use you. I love this quote. By John Wesley, it says, it seems that without God, man cannot. And without man, God will not. God will not. God is searching for men and women that will say yes to do great and mighty things. So we are a vehicle that God has chosen to unleash the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, number two, to unleash the love of Jesus Christ. The love of Jesus Christ. How many of us know that this world needs the love of Jesus Christ now more than ever before because his perfect love casts out fear. His perfect love heals, restores. But see, it says Jesus is on the throne. He wants you to display that love. You know, when Peter and John, when they were being accused and they were being evaluated, the, the, the Pharisees and the religious leaders, they noticed that these men have been with Jesus. My question is, when people look at your life, can they tell that you have been with Jesus? Oh, he talks like Jesus. He acts like Jesus. He sounds like Jesus. I, I want to be a church that looks like Jesus. See, John 13, 35 says, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love, if you love one another. What is the world hearing from you? What is the world seeing from you? I think if our lives don't reflect him, if our lives don't reflect Jesus, then it's time for us to close the gap between ordinary and extraordinary. For us to take a step of faith because the story of the church has always been about united, in love, ordinary people that were used in extraordinary ways. And then the last thing, unleash, unleash the power of the Holy Spirit, unleash the love of Jesus, and lastly, unleash the mission, the mission of God. The mission of God. Our purpose, our existence on life is to complete what God has started, to give him praise, to give him glory, and to reflect who Jesus is to those who need it. 
You know, I love the word church in the Greek language, right? So here's, here's a little lesson. The, church, the word church in Greek is ecclesia, ecclesia. You got to have that like, right? Ecclesia. Can we all say it together? Ecclesia. Yeah, yeah. You got yeah. So ek means out of. Ecclesia means called. You put them together, it's the called out ones. The called out ones. Is the church about, well, it's us four no more in our walls? Or are we the called out ones, the sent ones? The angel of the Lord said, go. We have to be a church of action, a church unleashed, a people unleashed. Stop waiting for an opportunity and start chasing after the Lord. And he's going to lead you one step at a time. I love 1 Peter 2.9. And it says this, but you. You, you means you, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, and does anybody feel that? Once you were not a people, man, once you feel, felt alone, once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had no mercy, or not, no, not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. I feel that that's for somebody today where you feel like, man, now, Pastor Ben, you don't know my past. You don't know what I've gone through. Man, this is all amazing. But God has chosen you. You are God's special possession. God wants to use you in an incredible way. You might be like, well, how, how, do I, how do I unleash the power of the Holy Spirit? You know what? It's super simple. Are you ready? Ask. Just ask him. You know, well, I, I don't know how to, how to lay hands or I don't know how to, how to do all that. I, that's for the pastors. No, no, no. You are called to unleash the power of the Holy Spirit. And the way you do that is just ask him. Ask, God, how can I display your power? at my workplace? How can I display your power in my family? How can I display your power today? And honestly, when you ask him, we listen and we do everything in love. And that's how we unleash his love and his love can do exceedingly and abundantly more uh, out of our ability. God can do the impossible. You know, I say this because I remember talking about being called. I remember getting a phone call uh, from Pastor Dustin uh, from a, he was the youth pastor here in Allen, and we had about 14 or so students. And he was like, hey, he's like, I want you to come out. You play acoustic guitar, right? I'm like, yeah, 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 I, I can play a little bit, you know? And so he's like, hey, I want you to come out. It's, it's not flash, it's just a couple students. Well, I'm in a Bible study. Can you, can you just, can you play and sing worship and just be a part of this? And it's a simple call. But see, the thing is that Pastor Dustin didn't know that for me, I felt like I was done. I felt like I was on my back. I've given everything that I had. And I found myself entangled in my sin. And I felt myself weighted back. That, that really anything that hinders me from running, I was so weighed down. And I remember in my cubicle getting his, his call. And I honestly, it's funny. I remember sitting there and I'm like, man, is this it? I honestly felt, man, is life even worth living? Like, I, I just, I was not at a good place in my life. I felt I was done. I felt purposeless. I felt alone. I felt like, man, like, I, 
I don't have any passion. I don't have any unction. What am I doing? I'm just going through the motions. And I just felt so discouraged. And I got that phone call. And it wasn't flashy. It wasn't anything. And I was like, you know what? I'm having a really bad day. But you know what? I guess I'll do it. I led worship. And that one yes changed my life. It changed my life. Pastor Justin was like, hey, man, you did a really good job, man. You, you weren't kidding. You actually sing. I'm like, yeah. yeah. He's, like, he's like, hey, man, will you come back next week? I'm like, no, nah, man. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know if I can do this ministry thing. I don't, I don't feel like God wants to. I, I, I don't know if that's for me. And he prayed with me. He's like, yeah, no, no, I want you to be the guy. You got to believe that you're the guy. God wants to use you despite your pain. He's like, no, Pastor Lord, let me tell you my long list of things. I told him. He's like, hey, we'll work with all that. That's okay. I'll pray with you. We're going to go through all those things. I'm like, no, no, Pastor, you don't know. Like, he's like, no, 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 I'll pray with you. It's going to be good. I, want you, God, I feel like God's calling you to be the guy. Let's do this. So I drove 45 minutes from Dallas Baptist University down to here every single week. And I started to see life change and students radically getting saved over what turned to 15 turned to 500. I'm like, man, like what is happening? We didn't play any games. We didn't play Chubby Bunny. We just gave them the gospel of Jesus. We operated in the power of the Holy Spirit. We showed them the love of Jesus and we gave them a call. We gave them a purpose. And all of a sudden they started to bring their friends. And next thing you know, we're packed out. We got two services and like three services of youth. I'm like, what is happening? What is happening in Allen, Texas? It started with one yes. And I look back now at my life. I met my wife in this church. I have my beautiful baby girl, Ellie Rose. My life is so blessed because of one yes. What are we missing? What are we missing? Because see, the thing is, a purpose is not like a parked car that's right in front of your door that, well, whenever it's right, I'll, I'll step into that. No, I think it's so important for us to know that time is ticking purpose and opportunities are going past and will you pause and say yes to the Lord maybe you feel unqualified but I got good news that God calls the unqualified God calls the unqualified. You look at the the book of Acts chapter five and you see Peter and John being interrogated by, by all these religious leaders and they're looking at them and saying well Peter and John, you're, you're unschooled. You're unqualified. You're uninspiring. You're unattractive. You don't have all the bling bling that I do. You know what I mean? Like, you're unessential. You're unworthy. You're unemployed. Weren't you a fisherman? What are you doing now? You're walking around the streets? Like you're untalented. You're unresourced. You're unequipped. I got good news. It doesn't matter what your past is. God's just looking for a yes. They said yes. But the one thing the one thing that God will not use is unavailable. He can use anything, but he's not gonna use unavailable. And today I challenge you, let's be available to Jesus. Let's say yes to him. We have no idea what God can set into motion with one single act of obedience.
What is he calling you to unleash? What is he calling you to throw off and to fix your eyes on him, to persevere and finish the race? What is God calling you to? Because I believe with all my heart that God wants to unleash his power through the Holy Spirit through your life. He wants to unleash the love of Jesus in your life. And he wants to give you a purpose if you can just say yes.